Luke chapter 13, verse 10. Once you're there, would you shout at your boy as loud as you can? I'm here. It says, now he, speaking of Jesus, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. Somebody said, that's a long time. 18 years and was bent over and in could no way raise herself up. Is there anybody honest enough to admit that I can't straighten up on my own? Say it again, I wasn't convinced. Is there anybody honest enough to say, I can't straighten up on my own? That the way my pride is set up, I can't do this on my own. The way my ego is set up, I can't do this on my own. In no way could she in her own strength raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered, look how his response is to the miracle. He answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. Somebody say religious spirit. You got to do your hand like this, religious spirit. Because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, I want you to notice the posture of the ruler of the synagogue. In other words, the pastor. I want you to notice the posture of the pastor. The pastor is not celebrating with her that she just got a miracle and she just got restored. The pastor is not applauding with her and rejoicing with her because she just got a miracle and healed. The pastor is not even giving God glory with her because she just got healed and he possibly, peradventure, this ruler of the synagogue saw this woman come in crooked last week. He saw her come crooked to Bible study and crooked to vacation Bible school and crooked to the baby dedication and crooked to all the other events. But this particular service, oh, it hit different. Something different happened on this particular service. This would be the moment in time. This would be the moment when she comes to church that when she left that service that day and went back to her friends and family, all she could say was, baby, today church hit different. (laughs) Can I get somebody to say it hit different? And look, y'all, she really didn't have to explain too much. People probably had to do a double take when they looked at her and said, is this the same woman who was crooked for 18 years? Is is this the same woman who couldn't straighten up on her own? No, this can't be the same woman who always walked around like this. I believe it's because we serve the type of God that he could do a miracle in your life so massive. He could do a wonder in your life so massive. He could do a work in your life so massive that you're going to have to reintroduce yourself. 
Yes, ma'am, it's me. I used to be crooked, but would you look at me now? Yes, it's me. I used to be depressed and oppressed, but would you look at me now? Yes, I used to be crying over him and lurking on his page, but would you look at me now? Yes, I used to be high each and every week, but would you look at me now? Somebody say, this one's different. This one hit different, and y'all have to excuse me. I just... It's just hard for me to believe that you were cosmically created by a sovereign God to come to his house and come to the sanctuary of God and just get some hype. I'm sorry. It's just hard for me to believe that. It's hard for me to believe that it was the plan of God for you to take your fly self, your dope self to church each and every week for you to come to the house of prayer and get just some emotional, sugar-coated, joke-filled, inspirational, motivational speech each and every week. I don't believe that. I don't believe that it was a sovereign plan of God for you to come to his house just so that you can mark on your checkbox of religious activity that I went to church today. I just believe when you come to the house of God, something should happen. Something should happen. What has happened, especially in Western Hemisphere Christianity, when we come to church with no expectation? I just believe when we come to the house of prayer, something is supposed to happen. The gospel is supposed to be preached. Not my opinions. Here it is. Not my perspective. Not my political views. But the unadulterated beauty of the gospel. Can I get somebody to say something is supposed to happen? The gospel should be preached. Praise should be lifted. Worship should be lifted. Thanksgiving should be lifted. Miracles should happen. Even if it's the miracle of a changed heart or a changed mind. Y'all not talking to me. Some of us don't even recognize that you are sitting next to a miracle. <laughs> Watching online, you in the room, in the chat, there's somebody who is a miracle. You sitting next to a miracle. The very fact that I don't want to do what I used to do. Y'all better come get me. The fact that I don't want to. See, there's a time when you try to resist it. But there's a time when you're like, I don't even want to do it anymore. I don't even want to go back there anymore. I'm glad that it didn't work out. I'm glad that you lost my number. I'm glad that that didn't go the way that I wanted it to go. Is anybody thankful that it didn't work out? This must be what it feels like to be free and free indeed. The biggest miracle for many of us is the fact that my heart has changed. My mind has changed. You looking at a miracle. You don't know all the bullets that almost hit me. You don't know all the close calls that almost took me out. See, you're looking at a miracle. I used to be a stripper, but now I'm a worshiper. Look at me. I'm a miracle. I used to be a dope dealer. Now I'm a hope dealer. Y'all better come get me this afternoon. Somebody say you're looking at a miracle. Used to be fearful, but now I'm faithful. You're looking at a miracle. I used to be ratchet, but through the blood of Jesus, now I'm righteous. I, I used to always be terrified. See, this is why it is frivolous for you to ever judge somebody based on the chapter that you walked in on. That one, two, three. Thank you for the six claps. <laughs> this is why it's so frivolous for you to judge somebody based on the chapter that you walked in on because in one chapter yes I may be pain absorbed but in the next chapter I'm heaven's billboard 
Can I get somebody to say this one's different? Something is supposed to happen. Something is supposed to happen. When I look at the biblical church, not what we have here in America. Now in America, especially in Western Hemisphere Christianity, we have entertainment centers and concerts on Sundays. But the biblical church, something should happen. Chains should be broken. People should be set free. Lost should be found. Marriages should be restored. Devils should be bothered. I'm like, my God, what has happened to where people can come to church crooked and leave in the same condition? Have we really watered down our doctrine so much and watered down the preaching of the God's word so much where devils could sit in the pew too and watch online and be unfazed? I'm like, who else was preaching before Jesus was there? That service to where this woman could come crooked and nobody, have we gotten so used to crooked people that we don't even dream anymore? Crooked, nobody's fazed by her because we're used to living in this state of crookedness. What has happened to the church to where once this woman is straightened up and she's healed, the pastor is not rejoicing, but he's angry? Not, like I would be celebrating Somebody come in here crooked and you leave straightened, I'm probably going to be dancing with her or with him. I'm going to be just as turned. You know why? Because that let me know Jesus up in here. I don't want to be up here by myself. I look like a babbling idiot. Jesus is up in here. Could it be some people like the unhealed version of you better? Woo! Did y'all hear what I just said? Some people like the unhealed version of you better. Because you are easier to manipulate when you do not have a king encounter. All right, y'all ready? It's time to come for your scalp. It is easier to be manipulated when you have not had a king encounter. Because manipulators can't stand a light they can't eclipse. And they feel they have to unscrew your light so that they can shine. True deliverance is when you recognize you could be lit and I could be lit and I ain't never throw a shade. <laughs> Hear me. This is why I preach so passionately and I want us to be an educated people. Enough with Christians not being able to defend their faith. All it takes is one Jehovah Witness to knock on your door and you say, is he really the Messiah? Is he really coming back? Is he really... I want you to be educated because your biblical standards and your biblical intelligence will always frustrate those who can't run game on you. Mm-hmm. It will frustrate those who can't run game on you. You're harder to deceive once you had a king encounter. Now, now listen, manipulators then, when they recognize that they can't trick you, they will start to project on you. I was, like, when I no longer can make monetization off of your trauma. Speak Holy Ghost. When I no longer can take advantage of you being ignorant, I will start to project on you. You just got trust issues, girl. That's all it is, bro. You just got some trust issues. Or how about, um, no, I don't have trust issues. It's I've seen this pattern before, and I refuse to fall back in the same cycle of being manipulated because I wasn't biblically educated before. This isn't trust issues. This is boldness due to a king encounter. Somebody say king encounter. This woman 
in our foundational text who goes nameless. I can guarantee you she did not care what the ruler of the synagogue leader, she didn't care what he thought about her because she got healed on the Sabbath. I wasn't there, but I could almost guarantee you if you go from this to like this and somebody has a problem with it, you wouldn't care. Because listen, once you have a genuine king encounter, it strengthens your ability to ignore critics. Did y'all hear me? When you understand who has authorized you, you're not tripping over who criticizes you. Let me, get, let me help you. I'm going to throw this in here just for free. All of it's free. I'm just saying that. I want to throw this in here for free. A part and a way that you can protect your mental health is when you know how to distinguish who deserves an explanation versus who deserves no response. Are we not getting golf claps no more? Yes. Yeah. One way to protect your mental health is when you could distinguish, you deserve for me to give you an explanation. And when you distinguish, it's your problem that you have a spirit of religion. It is your problem that you don't like that I'm whole. It is your problem that you don't like that I'm over you. It is your problem that you don't like that I have standards. It is your problem that you don't like that I read my Bible. That's your problem. That's not my fault. <laughs> she could care less. It reminds me of this time in scripture when the apostles start getting on they like I like to call it gangster they didn't care what people thought about them they're like listen we, we told you not to preach in the name of Jesus I'm gonna show y'all this because y'all looking at me cray cray I'm gonna show you this Acts chapter 5 verse 28 look at this it says didn't we strictly command you not to teach in this name and look you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. Look at Peter, y'all. Peter and the apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Let me put that in our terminology. Forget what you're talking about. We got a greater assignment. I can care less what you think. This woman didn't care about what the ruler of the synagogue thought or felt about her getting healed on the Sabbath. You know why I believe she didn't care? Nobody said why, so I'm going to say it again. You know why I believe she didn't care? Because you weren't crooked for 18 years. Listen, you don't know. I believe if she could preach to us, she would say, I didn't care what they thought because you don't know what it was like walking around like this for 18 years. You don't know my struggle. I can care less what you think. You don't know what it was like to cough because when somebody was walking in front of you, all the dust kept hitting me in my face and hitting me in my nostrils. You don't know what it was like for it to be hard for me to look up so that I could see who's talking to me. You don't know what it was like. You don't know what it was like when I can't even scratch my back when it itches and I can't even wash certain parts of my body you don't know what it's like listen y'all never let somebody who doesn't have your struggle try to silence your praise can I get somebody to say you don't know you don't know what it was like and this is how during sermon prep I know that the enemy was behind this not just because the Bible told us that it was a spirit of infirmity but the way I really know that the enemy was behind this is because Satan loves to shove your head down. The enemy loves to keep you looking down. 
Why? Because we're supposed to focus on things above and not on things beneath. The psalmist says, I will look to the hills where my hope comes from. Satan loves to shove your head down. Look down at what you did. Look at your dirt. Look at your guilt. Don't dream. Look down. Don't have faith. Look down. Don't hope. Look down. Don't have any resolution or any goals. Look down. Your past is too dirty. Look down. Look down. Look down. But Jesus wants to straighten us up. This is so good, y'all. This woman had no idea that when she went to church today, this would be the day she encountered a king. I believe she has gone to church before, but this particular service, it was different. And the verse that I want to bring to your attention for your consideration is verse 12. Look at this, y'all. Verse 12, look, it says, but when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Listen, y'all, this is so beautiful to me. When I was studying in my sermon prep time, the part that kept standing out to me was, but Jesus saw her. Now, you got to know when Jesus goes somewhere, it's deep. In service, Jesus saw her. Out of everybody else who possibly was trying to get Jesus' attention, this woman who was crooked, he saw her. Out of all of the Pharisees and all the Sadducees and chief priests who were hogging all the best seats, he told us that in Matthew chapter 23, verse 6, that the Pharisees, they love the best seat in the synagogue. So while all of them are on the front row, Jesus still sees her. And it's showing me something. Listen, y'all, the process matters. He saw her. He called her. He loosed her. And he touched her. Don't miss it. The order matters. The order matters. Look, he saw her. He called her. He loosed her. And then he touched her. This is for all the people who feel like I am saved. I know that he is calling me. And I'm trying to be loose. But why do I keep struggling? Have you got his touch? This is so powerful, y'all. And this message on this afternoon is for the man or for the woman that needs to be reminded, Jesus sees you. God sees you regardless of how bad it is in the middle of a pandemic, lost so many things, probably the worst season you feel like you've ever experienced in your life, God sees you. And you don't know how this could be the day that when you leave service, you'll be able to say, this one was different. Father God, we thank you so much for being awesome. We thank you for being sovereign. Would you anoint my lips to finish this message? Allow me to be your oracle, your PA system, and remind us, oh God, that regardless of what we've done, regardless of where we are, regardless of everything that we've gone through, you see us. You see us, God, and we cannot make ourselves straight on our own strength. So would you straighten us up so that we can live a life to give you glory? Straighten our mind up. Straighten our hearts up. Straighten 
straighten our attitudes up, God, so that we can give you glory. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody who agrees with that prayer would just shout amen. Amen. That was our intro, (laughs) y'all. Thank you. Uh, this, This is so powerful to me, and I want to speak just for a few more, few more moments from this thought, from this subject, for part one of our brand new series, This One's Different. This One's Different. I believe that's what she said when she left church. Church today, this one is different. I've been to a lot of churches, but when I went here today, this one was different. Not because of the preacher, I'm flawed and I'm flesh, but because the king was there and I had an encounter. This one was different. I believe for somebody under the sound of my voice and watching online, you're about to walk into this next season of your life due to your obedience, emphasis on that, because I'm not about to prophesy to anybody. Because just because it's 2022 doesn't mean it's not going to look like 2021 if you're not obedient. Okay, see? See that? See that? Now, if I would have kept going, yes. No, no. You're about to walk into your next season due to your obedience because obedience is married to favor. Listen, y'all. When you live a life of obedience, favor will put a ring on it. Favor will put a ring on it. When you are about to walk into this new season of your life due to your obedience, you'll be able to say that this season, oh, this one's different. When chaos is all around you, but for some strange reason, you still have the peace of God in you. All you'll be able to do is say, you know what? This peace, oh, this one's different. This joy that I have in this season, oh, it's different. A man didn't give me this joy. A woman didn't give me this joy. A raise didn't give me this joy. My following didn't give me this joy. This joy, oh, it's different. This clarity in this season of my life, I'm tired of walking around confused. Who am I talking to? I'm tired of walking around. I wonder, is this God? Is this the enemy? Is this me? Is this Satan? The level of clarity you're about to get in this season, oh, it's about to be different. The level of favor you're about to get in this season, you won't be able but to help yourself and say, this one is different. This one is different. Why? Because this time I had a king encounter. This time, I had a king encounter. Y'all know how I do. Same year, different year, same method. Can I get all of us to say this confession? Everybody watching online, can I get you to put this in the room? And y'all say this with me as loud as you can. Can I get you to say, Father, thank you for seeing me, calling me, loosing me. You make crooked things straight. Let's say it again. Father, thank you for seeing me, calling me. Loosing me, you make crooked things straight. Church family, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, I believe that my assignment for the next several weeks is to do a series that I believe has been constructed by the Holy Spirit so that we can look through the scriptures week after week And I'm going to show you biblical episode after biblical episode that whenever somebody encountered Jesus, they could not stay the same. I don't want to just give you my opinions. I want to show you for the next several weeks. Whenever a person encountered the king, they could not stay the same. 
Zacchaeus couldn't do it. Nicodemus couldn't do it. The woman at the well couldn't do it. The woman with the issue of blood couldn't do it. Jairus couldn't do it. Jairus' daughter who was dead couldn't do it. Lazarus couldn't do it. The Sanhedrin couldn't do it. Even the Pharisees couldn't stand it. They had to try to figure out some way on how to stop him. Some way on how we could shut him down. This is why you have to be careful if you say I want to have a ministry like Jesus because Jesus had haters. To have a ministry like Jesus is to be engaged in warfare. The disciples couldn't do it. The apostles couldn't do it. Every single time we look throughout the fabric of scripture, when somebody encountered the king, they could not stay the same. So here's my problem. Here is where we're about to get some emails. Here's where I'm about to lose my whole amen section. How is it we have so many people who are walking around and saying that they have encountered Jesus, saying that they have met Jesus, saying that they have known Jesus, hashtag godly woman in the bio hashtag kingdom man in the bio hashtag I love God well you don't love God what's wrong with you all of that in the Bob in the bio but I'm here to let you know God in the bio does not equate to mean God in your life here it is I know you claim him but does he claim you Whatever claims God does not always mean that it's God's. There are a lot of services right now that are having church saying we are Christ church. Uh, just because you say that we are Christ church does not mean that this is Christ church. See how quiet I told y'all. Y'all see that? Went down to golf claps. So many people claim I have had my encounter. But my problem is why has there not been a life change? Why? Okay, let me put my foot on the gas a little more we can understand it. When my wife initially got pregnant and we announced to everybody, for both of my daughter and my son, when we announced to everybody, we are expecting a child, there was no immediate evidence that we were telling the truth. None. When we're six weeks, 12 weeks pregnant, telling people that we're going to have a baby, just looking at her, there was no evidence that we were telling the truth. But watch this. If you were to hang with her, though, if you were to spend some time with her, matter of fact, if you were to go out to have lunch with her, you would begin to notice that her appetite has shifted. There's some stuff that she used to eat, now she's not eating. And there's some stuff that she didn't eat before, now she's eating. In fact, there's some stuff now that she used to like is make her nauseous. Are y'all hearing me? Now look. It's not making her nauseous due to legalism. All right? See, I have to do this because when I formulate sermons, I always try to think of a devil's advocate. There's always that person, see, uh-uh, see, that's what I'm talking about. You don't know what God has done in somebody's heart. You don't know what God has done in somebody's heart. This is what I'm talking about. I don't do all them church people. You can't stand up here and tell people that you don't know that they had an encounter. Now, you don't know what God is doing in their life. You don't know what God is doing in her world. You know what? God ain't doing me yet, though. God ain't doing me yet, though. You don't know what God is doing in my life. That's why I unfollow, unsubscribe. See, girl, this is why I don't do all them Christians. They always talking about stuff you should be doing. They probably a hypocrite too. I don't go to churches like that. They don't know what God is doing in my life. They don't know what God is doing in my mind. I hear you. 
But all I'm saying is how you've been pregnant for five years, but you haven't given birth to repentance. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I've been pregnant since 1996. Where your children at? So many people walk around and claim to be pregnant with the love of Jesus, but I don't see no birth of obedience. Well, where the baby at? Are we miscarrying? What happened? Now, look, after a while, even though there was no immediate change, the first change was her appetite. Don't miss it, y'all, please. It wasn't obvious on the outside, but something was happening on the inside. And the first thing that it started to do was make her eat different. Y'all hearing me? Appetite. Stuff that I used to. Stuff that I used to consume is now making me sick. Not due to legalism. I'm just convinced when we meet Jesus, we have more used to's than still do's. Ooh, here we go. Ooh, Lord have mercy. I told y'all, like... I used to get high, not I still get high. Like I used to nuck and buck, not I'm still nucking and bucking and ready to fight. Like I used to. I used to have a dusty Bible. Okay? I used to do that, not I still do. Now I'm not saying you're going to be sinless, but I am saying you should sin less. Wordplay. But with the word I don't play, I'm not saying that you're going to be sinless, but I am saying you will sin less. Let me give you a Bible so y'all can stop looking at me like that, okay? Um, 1 John chapter 1. Can I get you to say, he's giving us Bible. 1 John chapter 1, verse 6, it says, if we say that we have fellowship with him, uh uh-oh, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth, okay? So I want us to understand this. To walk means this is how you live daily. All of us in here, everything being equal, you walk every day. To brush your teeth prayerfully, to, to shower, just, just to walk when you got mask on. You know, some people are like, you can't tell, no way. Yes, we can. It's coming through the mask. This is a prophetic word for somebody. Your mask stinks. And get back to the message. All of us, listen, we walk every day. So when scripture says to walk in something, it means this is what you do daily. I'm not talking about having a moment. Like you don't normally curse people out. It's just that person who cut you off on 290 kind of resurrected something today. But, but that hasn't been there in three weeks. You see what I'm saying? That hasn't been there in four months. Okay, this is how you live regularly. I don't want us to misconstrue what I'm saying. I want nobody to question their profession. I just want you to understand if my lifestyle has a pattern that I do this every day, every week, every month, we lie and do not practice the truth. More Bible. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. It says, for you were once, there it is, that's that used to. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Look at this, walk as children of 
light. Once again, walk means daily pursuit, intentional prayer, intentional devotion, intentional worship. This is something I'm doing daily. You know how many pastors would clear out their church if they would have preached this? Because it actually is requiring for you to be a Christian. You know what a Christian is? A Christ-like one. Not one who likes Christ. Okay. Somebody say king encounter. All right. John chapter 8. Now, this is Jesus. John chapter 8, verse 12. Look at this. It says, then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. Are y'all seeing this? Y'all talk to me. Y'all seeing this? But have the light of life. So Jesus is saying, if you have had an encounter with me, you can't walk the same. Now remember, initially, you couldn't tell that she was pregnant. But around the seventh month, her walk started to change. That's so good, y'all. <laughs> around the eighth month, her walk started to adjust to what was happening on the inside of her. In six weeks, you couldn't tell. 12 weeks, you couldn't tell. But over time, her whole body begin to take on what she's carrying. And I'm just trying to convince somebody on this afternoon, once we truly meet him, over time, your walk gonna change. I told y'all we were gonna lose our whole amen. Y'all saw that. Y'all saw how we were just a few minutes ago? This one different. This piece is different. Your walk should change. Just being obedient. In light of all of these New Year resolutions, and all a resolution really is is the awakening to the reality that my life needs some adjustments. In other words, I need to change. This is why I believe that this message applies to all of us because past, present, or future, all of us have some area in our life that we want to change. We want to change. That's like the massive objective of the Holy Spirit to help us change. But ooh, it's going to be hard to try to be sold out and be comfortable at the same time. Ooh, that's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to think God saved me but don't change me. That's an oxymoron to the individual who wants to experience the miraculous. Somebody said change. Some of us have tried to change. No, we need to change. Want to change. Have changed. Some for good. Some for bad. Change for God. Change for your spouse. Changed from an ex. Change for your children. Change for your health, change for your career. All of us, in some way and somehow, have wanted to or will want to or currently desire to change. This is why it would be inappropriate of me to preach a message and not introduce you to this change technician. Woo, this is so good, y'all. This change technician. I'm talking about the Rock of Ages. The lion out of the tribe of Judah, the I am that I am, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the scriptures call him Jesus. And if I could turn this sacred sanctuary into a courtroom for a few moments and have some biblical icons come and join me to the stage, 
I believe the woman with the issue of blood will come up here and say, Happy New Year, y'all. Y'all done tried everything else. You done tried Smirnoff. You done tried gin and juice. You done tried weed. You done tried him. You done tried them. You done tried to be accepted by them. You, you done tried everything else. And I'm not judging. I tried doctors. I tried home remedies. I, I tried listening to other people's counsel. I tried what Google said. I, I tried what I found on YouTube. But nothing could stop my bleeding. But Jesus, why not try him? And then this... This man who was by the pool of Bethsaida, I believe he would come up here with this mat in his hand. And he said, listen, y'all, I was paralyzed for 38 years and Jesus changed my situation less than 38 seconds. He will change your life from limping to skipping. Why don't you try him? And then this other man, uh, blind Bartimaeus, I'm going to show you his story. I believe if he were to come here, let me give you all this. Mark chapter 10. Somebody say this is good. <laughs> Mark chapter 10, verse 46. It says, now... They came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Y'all, please don't miss this. Don't miss this, y'all. This is for somebody. It's about to be so good. Look, verse 46, it says, now they came to Jericho. Period. Your Bible have a period? Your Bible have a period? It doesn't? Okay, my Bible have a period. New King James Version says, Now they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho. Don't miss it. Now they came to Jericho as he was leaving Jericho. This is so powerful because I believe blind Bartimaeus would tell you, this is for those who think you missed your miracle. Y'all missed it. This is for those who think that you're too old. I didn't get my blessing when he was going in Jericho. I got my blessing when he was coming out of Jericho. Some of us think you're too old. You missed it. If I wouldn't have done this, if I wouldn't have gone there, then possibly this miracle. Blind Bartimaeus is telling you you still qualify, even if it's on the back end. Jesus changed my situation. So why not trust him to change yours? He's a change technician. And even if he doesn't change your situation, maybe he'll change how you see your situation. Or if you're praying for him to change your situation and he doesn't, what if he's using your situation to change you? I want us to try to get this. Jesus does not want us to have modifications. Doesn't want that. Like my children, my son does something wrong. I say, apologize to your sister. Sorry. <laughs> okay, bro. Jesus doesn't want sorry. He doesn't want modification. Look, he wants a metamorphosis. Okay? A butterfly cannot go back to being a caterpillar. I want you to actually experience a metamorphosis. So this woman who was walking around crooked, I don't believe that she allowed her physical situation to match her spiritual situation. The reason I say that is because look where she's at. She's at church. Like, like crooked. 18 years. And still coming to church. There was also another man who had a withered hand. And you know where he got healed? In church. When? On the Sabbath. 
Matthew chapter 21 verse 14 says, The blind and the lame would come to meet him in the temple. What do all of these people have in common? Despite of their conditions, they still were going. Like, we won't come if it's raining too hard. Some of y'all were like, look, this rain last night, this, this, the, I don't know if y'all power went out, but the power seemed to go out like almost all over Houston due to that storm. If the rain don't stop, I ain't going to church. Now, it's one thing, you online, you out somewhere, you're feeling sick, I understand that. But the rest of us, I'm like, how is it when it was time to go to the club? We got there. See, see how quiet we got? When she hit you up saying, I'm in town, want to come through? See, we're getting quiet now, right? You were in your bed playing Madden. You were done for the night. You got up, though. When he hit you up and you've been trying, you were shooting your shot. Yes, ma'am, you. You were shooting your shot, and he responded. And it said, hey, you don't want to meet up? You went through. You went through. Somehow we got homecoming. We got there. We grown, like graduated from college and everything. When our college has this homecoming, we still there. I don't care if it's cold. You know how much I spent on this dress? You know how much I spent on these shoes? I'm still going. How is it that nothing will stop us when it's something we want? Could it be what we value is always seen by what we pursue? She didn't just adjust in her spirit. And my concern this afternoon is have we been crooked for so long that now we live life in survival mode? Like I have confused my personality with my survival tactics because I've been crooked for so long. Some of us, you don't even know who you are outside of trying to survive. That's why you're so tired. I'm exhausted. When you live in survival mode, it constantly will cause for your soul to be checked in the resort of exhaustion. Because I'm tired of gathering crumbs. Survival mode. Here's the thing, y'all. Please hear me. Living in survival empowers the abusive. When you live in survival mode, it empowers the abusive. Maybe this is why this man got so mad. Not only was he just jealous because Jesus was healing, like, come on, bro, don't come back on any other day. Y'all come back any other day. Don't come get healed on them. Really, dude, sit down. Take several seats. Could it be? Could it truly be that some people don't like when you get healed because your survival tactics will no longer serve them? Look, but the real flex is when you have learned how to not let people take you back to a level that you have leveled up from. I leveled up from that. Can I get somebody to say, I leveled up from that? I leveled up from being pity. I leveled up from that poverty mindset. No, I'm trying to leave an inheritance for my children's children. God, help us to make decisions from wisdom so that my children don't have to build from scratch. Did y'all hear me? Some of us struggle so hard because... We're building from scratch versus from an inheritance. Have you adjusted? Have you adjusted? Have you adjusted? I remember like in 2014, I had a fracture in my leg. My whole life, I was starting to adjust to this fracture. I didn't want nobody to see it. 
Even playing basketball, I start shooting like this. Kicking my leg out. I was stepping back then, letting people know I could still get it, doing everything. I, could. I was doing all of that, but I didn't want to go see the doctor because I was scared what they might say. Had this fracture in my leg. I go see the doctor. He gives me this x-ray, and he says, you have a small hairline fracture. You see this? You're going to have to wear this for four weeks. I said, the devil is a lie. <laughs> said, you're going to have to wear this four weeks. I'm like, man, I got concerts. I have to preach. Like, this big old ugly boot. Y'all see this? Did this, this, this big old ugly boot. And then look how I got to walk when I wear it. Y'all see this? Can I get y'all to say it's ugly? <laughs> this, this, now look, look. Some of y'all wouldn't even be able to focus if I was walking around saying, you're going to need a king encounter. You're going to have to get a king encounter. Just meet Jesus. I hope that y'all hear me. A king encounter. The real flex is when you have leveled up from a level and you don't allow them to take you back. Y'all see how y'all laughing at me? said, you're going to have to wear this for four to six weeks. I said, no, doc. I have to preach. I have concerts. I was a student pastor back then. They're about to roast me. Fire me up walking upstairs with this. And he said, if you don't, you might need surgery on your leg. Embrace the boot. They hit somebody. Embrace the boot. I had a fractured shin. Some of us have a fractured heart. Fractured personality. Fractured mindset. Due to what happened. And look, y'all, I cared more about what y'all thought versus my healing. Listen, y'all, sometimes you got to look stupid for your deliverance. Sometimes you got to look crazy for your deliverance. You can't care what people think. You can't care that it got exposed. You can't care because they can't save you anyway. Maybe you've been walking like you're okay. But for the next few months, God's saying you need to walk like this. You need to have me help you to deal with the fractured soul of what happened in that divorce. You need to allow me to deal with the fracture of that church hurt. You need me to deal with the fracture of what happened four, five years ago. You keep talking about new year, new me, but this fracture is not healing. And I want to heal you so that you can stop acting like you're walking in the light and you can actually walk in the light. I've called you for something. Your calling and your purpose, the ministry that I have in your life is too important. But as long as you're walking around acting like you're okay and not embracing this season for me to deal with your fracture, you risk staying in a place longer than you have to. This, this woman, this is what tripped me out. Some of us probably missed it. When she's in the synagogue and she's crooked, and Jesus says, you are loosed from your infirmity. She didn't straighten up. Look at your Bible. 
Look at it. Trip me out. I'm sitting here looking at the text just like you. When Jesus, when, when, the woman, when he said, woman, you are loose from your infirmity, she didn't straighten up until he laid his hand on her. Some of us need deliverance. Others of us need intimacy. All of us need Jesus. Now look, this is why you're still crooked over what happened. Yes, you save. Yes, you got a calling. Mm-hmm. Yes, God is loosening you from some stuff. God has even put you in a situation where he's getting you loose from this boot that I'm trying to take off and not fall off stage and end on Church of Laugh. He's trying to loose you from everything that you've gone through. He's, he's trying to loose you from your pain. He's trying to loose you from the abuse. Yeah, he's trying to loose you from every infirmity and everything that has held you back. But if you still feel like my walk's not totally straight, could it be because you're not intimate? Touch is intimacy. Intimacy. There was a study about babies. Some babies went untouched. And other babies weren't touched. The nurses would walk in and goo-goo and gaga with certain babies and change their diaper. And there were other babies. All the nurse did was change their diaper. And the study showed after a few years, the babies that went untouched were mean. Cried all the time. But the other babies who were touched seemed to be nicer. Could this be why we have so many mean Christians? You haven't got us... I'm done. I'm done. Point number one, we need to have an encounter. Somebody say encounter. Point number two, loosed. That is what God wants to do for all of us. Whatever it is that we're buying to or we're, we're still struggling with, God wants to loose us from it. Number three, somebody say his touch. That comes through prayer, that comes through fasting, that comes through devotion, that comes through worship. You can't fake his touch. She couldn't make herself straight. You've tried to stop being crooked. But you can't do it on your own. And last one, the reason God wants to touch you is so that you can give him glory. That's what she did right there. I'm thinking right in the middle of service, y'all. She's giving God glory. Not caring what anybody else thinks because y'all weren't crooked. And I came here this afternoon to give this word. Don't forget the process. He sees you. He calls you. He loose you. And he touch you. I need all of them. Because once you have a king encounter, you can never be the same again. Father, forgive us for all the times that we try to make ourselves straight on our own. Help us, Father God, to recognize that you truly make crooked places straight. And forgive us for trying to hide the fracture in our minds and our hearts, in our soul and our spirit. Whatever we have to do, if it's being uncomfortable, if it's letting something go, if it's apologizing, rearrange our world, oh God, so that once we leave here, this church on today will be able to say this one's different not because of the word that we heard but because of a word that we heard from you help us to change and I recognize I can't change in my own strength 
not on willpower, but it's going to take your power. And we pray that you do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.